When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today we are going to be looking at one of the most exciting parts of fantasy football and that is penalties and who is taking them at each of the 20 Premier League teams ahead of the new campaign. A lot of this is up in the air at the moment and we're getting a lot of questions from people asking who's taking the penalties here, who's taking the penalties there and so we thought it was a good opportunity to run through all the different teams and help you understand what it is that you need to look out for in the pre-season especially but also perhaps pieces of information from last season that can maybe answer that question without the need to look at pre-season. But as I said there is a lot up in the air, a lot of this information is going to be as I said pointing you guys towards what to look out for in the preseason, and so that is a good opportunity uh, for me before we get started in earnest to uh, just highlight the benefits of Fantasy Football Scout membership and if you sign up now you can save up to 30% uh, with the preseason prices. One of the key uh, crown jewels of this membership is of course full access to the preseason minutes tracker which is part of the world leading preseason guide for all teams where we are going to be following every single match in the preseason tracking how many minutes each player is playing what position they're playing in what their role is in the set pieces corners free kicks crucially penalties as well and you'll get full access to that if you have membership if you don't have the membership there's limited access to that so if you want to make sure that you're discovering the key talking points the best players in budget positions who are going to start games before your friends so you can beat them in your mini leagues now is the time to sign up for that membership so let's start with uh, Arsenal then. Now, we're not actually going to do this in alphabetical uh, format, even if we have actually started with Arsenal. This is all based on some fantastic research and a fantastic article uh, written by Neil Rigg, the editor of Fantasy Football Scout. If you want to read it in full, you can head to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk and read that on the website. And what he's done is he's chunked some of these teams into different sections with recurring themes and what we're starting with is two teams whose takers were backed after they missed some key penalties now Saka is the first of those at Arsenal and he uh, failed to score from the spot in April uh, but however Arteta has been very unequivocal in terms of just this guy's taking our penalties when asked if he was going to remain on penalties uh, he said yes and if not I will go on the pitch and throw him the ball and make sure he takes the next one. So does not get more uh, exciting for Saka, I suppose, than that to be told. Even when you miss a penalty, the manager is just going to run on the pitch and tell you, 
you're taking the next one. And so that is quite useful when we are considering who the best Arsenal midfielder is or just Arsenal attacker in general. The fact that Saka is on penalties to that extent, that Arteta is that confident that he should be taking them. That is, of course, a feather in his bow. So the other team is Liverpool. And so this one is kind of an obvious one, isn't it? Uh, Mohamed Salah famously taking uh, spot kicks for Liverpool for some time now. Now, he missed two of his penalties in a row, game week 27 and game week 30. But uh, he was rewarded by Klopp. He, with some faith in me, said, you can take the next one and the next one. And so after two misses in a row, it was then two goals in a row from the penalties. And it was double game week thought, double game week 34, I should say, when he achieved that. And we got a quote from, from Jurgen Klopp where he said this after those two penalties. Obviously, he wanted to stay the penalty taker, but we had a normal conversation about it. This today was a super penalty. That is really clear. So I think with all the goals uh, Mo scored, we cannot just judge it with two missed to go away from it, by which he means Salah taking the penalties. It was a conversation between two grown-up men. Well, thank you for reminding us of the mature nature of that conversation, Jürgen. So, yes, Salah very much is still on penalties from what we can tell. Now, there have been rumblings, of course, that there could be a conversation further to that to be had because McAllister, who took Brighton's penalties last season, has joined Liverpool. He's got a good record from the spot. And Sabozlai, as well, has a relatively enviable record from 12 yards also. And so... They're kind of in the conversation and you may find people um, worried about whether or not the impact on Salah. We aren't seeing anything at the moment that would suggest that Salah has to restake his claim. But of course, the preseason will help us see on that front. Watch out for penalties that Liverpool get when Salah is on the pitch. And if we see Spozlai or McAllister involved, then then it's time to panic. But for now, we think we can be relatively uh, relatively happy. Now... Section two is named nailed penalty takers, but dot, dot, dot. And so that is penalty takers that we know for certain, dead certain, take penalties in their teams. But it's not quite as simple as that. So we will start with Brentford because, of course, Ivan Tony is the most nailed on penalty taker in the division other than probably Harry Kane who we're going to talk about in a minute. But of course, he's suspended. He's not going to kick a ball until January, which means for now it looks as if Brian Umbermo is going to be taking the penalties at Brentford. Now, he twice deputised for Tony uh, in the last two seasons, including uh, Game Week 15 of the most recent campaign. And so from what we can see so far, it looks like Umbermo is taking those penalties because he's the only one who's got anywhere near spot kicks uh, in a world with Brighton, uh, Brighton, Brentford, I should say, with uh, Tony. So Umbermo very much looks like nailed on there. And that is, of course, a big part of his appeal when people are deciding between Umbermo and Visser. Visser, of course, is more likely to play the centre forward role than Umbermo. Umbermo is more likely to take the penalties. Now, Harry Kane, what's the caveat there? Well, that is, of course, the fact that we don't know what club he's going to play for next season. So he is the most locked on penalty taker in the Premier League, if not the world for their club. But if he's not there, what happens next? Well, that is an important question and something that preseason will have to answer for us, because, of course, that will tell us where Kane's going to be. If he does leave, that will tell us who's taking the penalties. 
Now, there's some interesting numbers here in the fact that uh, Son's penalty record is actually not very good. So his career spot kick record, uh, he's only scored seven from 12. That's a success rate of 58.3%. Um, his most recent penalty, uh, this is Son, came in April 2021. The last person to deputise for a Harry Kane penalty outside of that was, get this, Delhi Alley, and it has been some time since he was a Tottenham player. And so it could potentially defer to some of these other names and some of these are very interesting from an FPL perspective as I said this is all in a context where Kane leaves the club so it's all if buts and maybes but James Madison 7.5 million in FPL and a lot of people are looking at him as a potential inclusion in a game week three mini wildcard based on his price and Spurs' fixture turn six penalties from eight for him Richarlison, 7 million midfielder and tipped by some to be the centre-forward replacement for Harry Kane if Kane does leave. Seven penalties from eight in his career. Uh, Dejan Kulishevsky, 7 million also, three penalties from three. And Pedro Porro, the 5 million defender, has taken three penalties in his career and scored all three of them. Now, from those four names, you would imagine that Richarlison and Madison are probably the more likely of, the, of those four to get near them. But it's just nice, isn't it, to talk about a penalty scoring defender, right? That just gets everybody's juices flowing. So I thought I'd just let you guys know that that's a possibility so that we can all get very excited about Spurs this year. And of course, I mean, maybe it just also is just an, another reason perhaps to consider Pedro Porro at 5 million. He does look like a very good pick anyway. Could it be on penalties? Well, you heard it here first and it might never happen, but it's fun to talk about. So let's talk about now the probable first choice takers. And these are clubs where, for the most part, we're relatively confident of uh, who it's going to be. Bournemouth, Burnley, Everton, Man United, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest and West Ham. Let's start with Man United. So Bruno Fernandes, he seems to be the first choice taker at Man United as things stand. Uh, although we say seems because he did take a step back and allow a couple of other people to take some spot kicks uh, last season. So um, Martial took one in game week 10 and then Rashford took one in the FA Cup third round. We, having gone back and looked at those, very much described those as low pressure penalties. And so if we've got penalties in bigger games and bigger things on the line, then... Fernandez seems to be the one to go. So Fernandez has taken all four of the last penalties that United were awarded after that Rashford one we just mentioned, scored all of them. The last of those was in the FA Cup final in June. Um, and of course, Rashford was on the pitch for all of those. And so we're like 95% certain it's Fernandez taking them. Uh, Martial, of course, took the game week 10 one. Martial wasn't actually on the pitch for any of those other four that Fernandez took. But, you know... <sighs> Martial United, you know, it's just you're not going to go there for FPL. And the appeal that Fernandez has, even outside of the penalties from assist potential and his long range threat, is probably still good enough anyway. And as I said, we're 95% certain that it's him. We'd be very shocked if uh, Martial was going to get involved. So, West Ham next. Um, Bowen missed some. Uh, in the early part of last season. So he very much um, dropped down the pecking order. Uh, Manuel Lanzini was previously the first choice, but didn't feature much last season. He had that very bad injury, I think, the year before. He's now left on a free transfer. And so it is very much Saeed Ben Rama, who is the first choice at the moment. He took four of West Ham's five penalties in 22-23. And uh, Paqueta was the one to uh, take that other one. That was in game week 19, but that, of course, was when Ben Rama was benched. So that is very much why that happened. Now, um, 
we ha- we have seen the opportunity for West Ham to take penalties in Europe as well. So that's additional high pressure games for them. And uh, Paqueta did actually take one other one uh, in in Europe. So he took one in game week nineteen and when Benrahma was on the field. But we got this quote from Moyes, which largely sets the record straight. So he said, it probably would have been Saeed. They must have had a good discussion because Paqueta scored. I thought he was walking away because there is a trend at the moment for the person who is not taking it to walk away from the ball. So I had no panic on. And uh, of course, after that, in the Europa League final as well, Ben Rama uh, took a penalty and scored. High pressure moment. Very much the important number one penalty to take her. So six million. For him, one million cheaper than Bowen. West Ham's fixtures aren't too nice at the start of the season, but they do turn later on around game week six, seven, eight, and nine. So maybe that could be a time. Uh, it's enough time for you to watch West Ham and see if Ben Rama offers enough in open play for you to consider him. So yeah, let's see on that front. So a um, couple of other teams to run through. Bournemouth, uh, they didn't get a single penalty last season. I, don't know if you know, I didn't know that until I read Neil's article. So there we are. Um, Sorry about that, Cherries. Hopefully we'll get some more this time around. Because Dominic Solanke, 6.5 million, he very much appears to be their penalty taker. He took all five in their promotion winning campaign of 21-22. Everton, uh, it was uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin previously, of course. Now, he didn't play very much last season. He did return from injury to score uh, one of Everton's uh, penalties in game week 34. In that time, Damari Gray was the one who was deputising. He's 5.5 million. If Calvert-Lewin does get injured in the preseason, and you really want to capitalise on Everton's really nice fixtures in the first four, Damari Gray takes their penalties. Um, Calvert-Lewin, if he stays fit, also probably worth looking at. We've done a video on him uh, on our YouTube channel and on podcast platforms as well, perhaps arguing that he's maybe being a little bit overlooked. And of course, penalties also in the conversation for him. At a similar price point, but in a different position, um, Morgan Gibbs-White is taking penalties, we think at the moment, for Nottingham Forest. So it was Brennan Johnson, but he missed two in a row. And so it then switched to Gibbs-White, formerly of Wolves, and he scored the last two in a row. The literal inversion of what Johnson had done with his two most recent penalty kicks. Uh, Newcastle, there's uh, there there had been some confusion slash um, division here because Isak and Wilson uh, had been sharing penalty taking responsibility for them, um, but the problem was was that neither of them had been on the pitch at the same time for penalties until double game week 36. When that finally happened, once uh, Eddie Howe was prepared to actually put them on the pitch at the same time, it was Wilson who cemented his position at the top of the tree in the 2-2 draw with Leeds, scoring two times in that game from 12 yards, whilst Isak was also on the pitch. So Wilson very much the penalty taker at Newcastle. Uh, Finally then, in this little section, is Burnley. We uh, know that Jay Rodriguez took both of Burnley's penalties uh, last season that he was on the field for. He has 22 penalties scored from 24 in his career. But the question now really is going to be how much he's going to play this season. He turns 34 this month. And uh, Ashley Barnes has left as well. So we think that they're probably going to be hoping to buy a new centre forward. Could they end up on the penalties? That is the question. Right, the next section uh, is entitled Back Off Riyad. And uh, anybody who owned Erling Haaland this season, which by the way is all of you, will be very frustrated uh, at the times when other people took penalties at Man City. But from what we can tell... It should be more straightforward this year because of some of the things that Pep Guardiola has said. So, Haaland's record from the spot, of course, is very good. 
I don't know if you know this, but he's actually very good at putting the ball in the net. So he took and scored seven Premier League penalties last season. But Mahrez stood up to take one against Villa earlier on in the season. It was around February. And Haaland was on the pitch, of course. And then against Leeds in May, Gundogan took one. Now, he was chasing a hat-trick so he had two goals already and he actually missed and so those two penalties had made people in the fantasy uh, Premier League community perhaps submit a complaint to the Manchester City like HR department that was fed through to Guardiola who reiterated that Haaland very much is the first choice so let's read through this quote because it's, it's quite a detailed one <laughs> and uh, I always enjoy detailed quotes from Guardiola because he is a bit of a genius so uh, he said um, who knows if Erling takes the penalty and misses? What happens if Riyad takes the penalty and misses? What happens if Ilkay Gundogan takes the penalty and scores? The question is, if it's 2-0, who is the taker? The taker is Erling or Riyad has to take it. Second point is that it shows how it, Erling how Erling is as a person. He wants to score goals, but at the same time, the team, he understands that his teammates are also important. He had chances to score. He didn't convert, but at the same time, he was outstanding. But at 2-0, especially in England, the game is never over. I wanted the taker, by which he means Haaland, to take it. They have more routine and specialists. That means if Erling or Riyad take a penalty, he is going to score. Maybe not. Who knows? At 2-0, you have to close it. You don't have to give anything. If you can control, you have to control. Saying that Gundo could have scored, other ones could have missed. It's not about that. I admire that Gundo wanted to take the responsibility to take the penalty. That is the best value as a player. Normally, the taker is the taker. Erling has to take it. He is the specialist. Now, that quote kind of meandered all over the place. But in effect, what he's basically trying to say is that he obviously appreciates that Haaland uh, has the mental qualities to look out for his teammates and give them the opportunity to score goals uh, as well. But he's also saying that when you're 2-0 up, it doesn't matter, right? In England, 2-0 up can be a dangerous scoreline. I'm pretty sure we even have some kind of weird cliche about how 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in football. And so... Um, he very much is of the opinion that the taker should be taking it. And Mares is still in the conversation because he previously had been taking penalties. But, you know, it's it's harder to get his name dropped more and more in there. So it does sound as if we can be a little bit more secure on Haaland taking the penalties this time. Gundogan has actually left as well. So that removes him from the situation in terms of missing penalties, potentially. Now, speaking of missing penalties, we now come to the serial misses of the penalty category and we will find them at Aston Villa, Crystal Palace and Fulham. And we've got a very unenviable looking table on the screen right now. So just describe that for the benefit of the podcast listeners, which is detailing the penalties missed at Aston Villa, Palace and Fulham over the last season and the career penalty record of those takers. So we'll start with Watkins at Villa. He took two penalties last season and missed one of them. But actually, you may remember his record in previous campaigns in the Premier League, especially didn't wasn't too good. And therefore, his overall career penalty record is he's only scored four penalties from a possible nine. Zaha at Palace, he missed both of the penalties that he took last season and has missed seven from 11 in his career. And then Mitrovic is the very worst of the lot. He took eight penalties last season, missed four of them. And in his career, he has only scored 25 from a possible 37. I mean, it's wow. It's For someone who's very, very good at scoring from open play, it's incredible uh, how bad he is at penalties uh, by comparison. So, yeah, it actually made Premier League history, uh, Mitrovic, by missing more penalties than any other player in one season. And, uh, yeah, the quote from Marco Silva after, um, after that game, it's really interesting. He's basically been asked whether or not he would still be Fulham's taker for the next season. He said, it's a fact. 
Of course, referring to the fact that he's now missed four penalties. Against the facts, we cannot talk. Nothing more. It's up to us to keep working with him in this situation. And if another one he has to take, he's going to take it for sure. We're talking about two to three months. He means until the next season. I have enough time to think about these situations and prepare with the players. Now, mixed signals because he seems quite, you know, bullish about the fact that he's going to take the next one. But then he's also like, I've got some time to think about what we do. And he has options here. Andreas Pereira scored a penalty when Mitrovic was uh, absent last season. Of course, he had that ban. And so is there a possibility that maybe he moves up the pecking order? Possibly. Um, his record from penalties is a little bit better than Mitrovic. So we could see that at 5.5 million. He is, of course, a million more expensive than last time out when he was very much the 4.5 million midfielder of choice. But getting a 5.5 million penalty-taking midfielder in a team that does like to score a fair amount of goals and has some tricky wingers as well, potentially to win some penalties, you know, that actually could be quite appealing, uh, to be honest, for the for the campaign. So uh, Crystal Palace then, let's look at them in more detail. So, yep. Zaha, as we know, his penalty record is not amazing, um, you know, but the thing is, is that we think that it's already shifting in a different direction at Palace. We kind of feel like Eze is probably the new penalty taker because he didn't step up to take Palace's penalty against West Ham in April, and it was Eze that took it. Whilst Zaha was on the pitch, he scored it as well. So that's what we think seems likely, but Roy Hodgson has kind of tried to temper our enthusiasm a little bit. Uh, he said, I think Zaha's dead leg probably did influence the decision for Eze to take the penalty. I must speak to them. I think he probably did. Eze's good. We've got some good penalty takers. Elise is a good penalty taker as well. Um, and uh, took a penalty at Wolves. Um, and, you know, that would have been Luka Milivojevic. Um, so we're not short of takers. But I still need to speak to them on Monday and find out what went on between them. I was pleased to see it. Now Milivojevic, obviously not in the penalty conversation anymore for Palace, really. Um, Elise, maybe. Eze is very much, I think, on the way to becoming Palace's new talisman, especially in a world where Zaha could be on his way out of Crystal Palace. So I personally feel like Eze is probably the one to go for there. Uh, he had a very good end to the season, and I've seen him in a few drafts, but he's a bit of a differential, so yeah, could do quite well. As for Aston Villa... Um, Watkins, you have to feel bad for him in some respects because he's clearly not a penalty taker. We can see that from his, from his record, but they lost um, El Ghazi and Ings, uh, who had previously been taking spot kicks for them. And so as the centre forward, he probably felt duty bound and maybe the managers did as well. Um, but he might be in luck. He might maybe be able to step away from them because Villa have, of course, signed Yuri Tielemans. And you would imagine he's going to start games because he is a very good player, got European experience as well. And he's very good from the spot. Now, there was a time when he was taking penalties at the same time as Jamie Vardy at Leicester. So that's that's how much he's used to walking into a team and being like, Do you know what, I might take the penalty today, guys. So that's useful. His record is very good. So seven um, penalties from seven uh, at Leicester. And in the most recent campaign, uh, he got two and he scored them both. And his overall career record is 24 from 29. Um, but the, the vast majority of those misses were pre-Leicester, of course, because at Leicester it was seven from seven and two from two last season. So we do think Yuri Tillemans could be on penalties at Villa moving forward just based purely on the fact that El Ghazi and Ings were very much the key takers before they left Watkins was the only one who really went anywhere near replacing them as the taker and the reason we say anywhere near rather than calling him the taker is because Marzal does not have a penalty right if you're going to miss him at that sort of frequency so it should be very easy for Tielemans to take that one over 
Now, the next category is called Up for Grabs, and this is probably the most interesting one, and this is where you guys need to be keeping an eye on preseason and make sure you use the preseason guide with Fantasy Football Scout because there's lots up in the air. Now, Brighton, last season, they had McAllister, of course. He's now left the club. He scored six from six, which leaves the following list of people in the conversation for penalties. Now, Gross, we would say, probably has the advantage because he has taken them before, but we've got Gross on 11 from 15 in his career. We've got Milner now at Brighton, 30 penalties from 35. Welbecker scored three from four. Estupinan. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You heard that right. Estupinan has scored six penalties from six in his career. He's taken a few for his country. And CISO, three from three. Ferguson, two from two. And Gilmore, nine from 11. As we said, Gross is the favourite there, and of course that is because he's taken them before. He's probably the one who's going to be on the pitch the most because he's a very versatile player who can play even at wing-back, play in a deeper midfield role, can play number 10, can play on the wings. And so versus all of those guys, he's the most likely to be on the pitch, perhaps alongside a Stupinian. But do keep an eye on the preseason just in case uh, any of those guys steps up because, of course, penalties is a big uh, facet of that conversation about which Brighton midfielder do you have because Matoma and March very much not in this conversation. Uh, they offer uh, different things. Matoma is, is a left winger who's, who's very much all about goal scoring. March is a right winger who's all about creativity. And then Gross is someone who can play in attacking positions, can do well creating from deep, could potentially be a wing back, could potentially be the penalty taker. Take penalties away from Gross probably pushes things more towards Matoma in March if you want a 6.5 or in CISO if you want to save some money. So do keep an eye on whether or not Gross can uh, nail down penalties. Now, another club that has lost its taker of late is Chelsea. Uh, we didn't see them get too many penalties last year. Jorginho took two from two before he left and joined Arsenal. Havertz uh, uh, scored one from one uh, before he also followed his ex-colleague to Arsenal. And so that is leaving a big void. We think that Nkunku is probably going to be the one to take them over, especially when you consider the record of the other people involved. He has scored eight penalties from a total of nine in his career. Sterling has missed four of the eight that he's been uh, awarded. Mudrick has missed three of the eight that he's been awarded. So out of 16 penalties between Sterling and Mudrick, just the nine scored. Uh, Madueke, six from nine. Enzo, uh, five from five, which is pretty good. Uh, but of course, Nkunku, we think, is going into this team to score goals. So I, I would still perhaps you know, put it uh, put Nkunku ahead there, but let's not rule out uh, Enzo, of course. You know, Jorginho um, was a midfielder of a similar ilk and took them. And then Reese James has scored one penalty from two. We would be remiss in our duty if we didn't point out that he is in the conversation, but we would be very surprised if he's taking spot kicks, uh, perhaps with, with Enzo and, uh, and Kunku around. Uh, Luton is another one. And so it's it's uh, it, it's a lot of learning to do, I suppose, here for, for us because this is a team that's not been in the Premier League before. Um, Adebayo had been towards the front of the queue at Luton, but he's missed three of the seven championship penalties that he's taken over the last uh, two seasons. Uh, both Adebayo and backup striker Corley Woodrow had missed from 12 yards in 22-23 before top scorer Carlton Morris was handed the opportunity in game week 44 of the campaign uh, just gone. And so he's 5.5 and he's actually in the conversation uh, for, you know, cheap third forward for some people so yeah it's very much worth pointing out that he is um looking to be the penalty taker there now uh sheffield united then um penalty taking was not really all that fun for them last season um they only got two and norwood missed one and brewster missed the other um and the suggestion from uh, heckingbottom was that sander burge could be the one to take the next one and so he said uh, after norwood missed a penalty in august it's just been a long standing all the time i've been here 
uh, long-standing problem. I've been here all the time, the, the penalties. If Billy Sharp was on, he'd have taken it. Uh, then Ollie Norwood and then Sander is next in line. So I think Sander will have his hand up now. And uh, he's only ever taken one penalty, though, is the thing. Uh, he did score it, but, you know, it's you know we don't really know what's going to happen there with the penalties, uh, really. And finally, then, Wolves, who I'm sure you're very excited to hear about who's taking their penalties. Now, uh, Neves is left for Saudi Arabia, and we are expecting Jimenez to leave. And so um, we haven't put their numbers up. They have been involved in them before. Um, Sarabia actually has an incredible penalty record. He has scored 16 penalties from a possible 16. So he could inherit them. Of course, we just need to see how often he's going to start. Of course, it's pre-season four as well. There's a lot up in the air about that Wolves starting lineup. And then uh, Huang has scored seven from a possible nine. Sarabia, I would argue. Is, is probably ahead in that one if you're interested in a Wolves penalty taker and if you are let us know we we, we, we want to hear from people who are interested in that because um, we can maybe have you stuffed and you know hung on the wall just for posterity so just let us know so that brings us to the end of the list of penalty takers. I hopefully I hope that that was useful for you, and uh, hopefully it gives you a few pointers and things to look out for in the preseason. And uh, yeah, just another reminder, of course, to sort out your membership right now, save up to thirty percent on those preseason prices, and make the most of the preseason coverage uh, that we are going to have on Fantasy Football Scout. Make sure you like this video and subscribe as well to the YouTube channel, and hit that bell notification so you don't miss uh, any content. And just giving us uh, the like and the subscribe and things like that helps us know what content you like best so we can make more of it and of course it is absolutely free now with that i will leave you guys to the rest of your tinkering and i will see you next time hey drew scott here and i'm jonathan scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from american family insurance they can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto kind of like goldilocks and the three bears it'll be just right for you we love a custom build american family insurance insure carefully dream fearlessly get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com products not available in every state visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you american family mutual insurance company si and its operating company 6000 american parkway madison wisconsin